are useful for their purpose, but they are no substitute for brains. Ah, here we go. I have to say well done, great, well done. <laughs> well played, my adversary, well played. <laughs> Phoenix is a gay, but if he was, he'd pick Fremo. Oh yeah, he'd be living down there with you in the bunk, man. Woo! Once you go free, you always do the Z. <laughs> <laughs> One day I'm not going to Duncan, and you could get a controller, a new Xbox, possibly even a car. And now, the two guys that took two years to fix their audio problems. Welcome to BGFG, episode 346. I'm your host, Chris Phoenix, and unfortunately not joining me again is Fremo Z. He is doing well. He's getting stuff situated. Like I said last week, it's just going to take a little bit of time, plus kids going back to school. It's just a pain in the ass. But he sends his well wishes. And it's a good show lined up for today. We're going to talk about a little bit of things. I kind of named the show The Future Is Now because there's a lot of stuff that we talk about that isn't necessarily out yet, but you know, it's futuristic, so to speak. <laughs> and it's and it's going to be uh, you know pretty good. Not too bad, I think. Uh, today I'm recording this on the anniversary of 9-11. So if you could take a moment and just uh, take a moment and pay respects today for that. I know where I, exactly where I was that day. And I can tell you exactly how I felt that day because my brother, my stepbrother is a uh, pilot. So I felt really worried that morning. All right, enough of that. Let's get into this week's news. BGFG News. You heard it here third. So first up in uh, the news today, <laughs> there's a lot of rumors going around, but I got to tell you that Apple is really building a car. They they actually are. Uh, the picture that you're going to see if you're watching on YouTube, that picture is just... Out of all the rendition uh, or renders that I found of possibilities, nobody knows what it looks like or if there isn't even a, a model yet. But I'm hoping that the picture that I posted is the one. I think it's the most logical. I don't think they'd come out right away out of the out of the gate with a with a sports car. I just I don't see that happening. But since 2014, Apple's had an R&D department dedicated specifically to automobiles. So this is something they've taken kind of seriously. Um, and somewhere around 2016, they started to talk to other manu- – oh, or I should say they stopped talking to other manufacturers. Because, again, Apple's way – I can tell you from working in an industry where you have to deal with Apple a lot, uh, they're, they're very picky about the way that they do things for multiple reasons. And every single time, if you follow it step by step by step, it'll work perfectly. So they want to control all that because, again, a lot of the stuff, when you pay a premium for any one of their products, you can sit there and talk shit about the iPhone all you want. But when you sit there and pay for a premium product, a computer, a laptop, an iPad, you expect certain things, and you do get them. And if you don't, I'm telling you right now, just go buy another product. Go buy a shitty HP laptop or uh, or buy a uh, what is that Samsung's tablet there. I get a bunch of those at work all the time that are not working right or just dead. You know, Amazon, Amazon's Fire Tablet, so one-trick pony. Apple's, 
Apple just has extreme control over things, as well as the issues um, with the automakers currently shifting all their focuses toward autonomous and uh, electric vehicles. And that's a big thing right now, especially, and you add to the fact that the chip shortage. And let's just put it out there, it's, it's kind of greed, too. Apple wants to make all the money they possibly can off their products as much as they can. And auto manufacturers don't want to become a subcontractor for Apple, and can you blame them? You know, it's just not a good look to be a subcontractor for Apple. It's just not. Uh, so Apple decided to turn their focus back in, into the golden walls and do shit themselves. And in doing so, they've now gone through the process of requesting parts suppliers on a long-term basis in, uh, from global auto manufacturers or parts manufacturers. That's a big deal. When you get to that point, that means that you've kind of sorted out what you need for parts. And these are the parts that you need to constantly order. Projection date... Um, to see one of these is somewhere around 2025 to 2027. So it's not going to be around the corner. I mean, they're still working on it, but I think it's a good idea. I also think that this will usher in a new, um, uh, a new era of coach builders. Now, if you're a car person, I know uh, I have a lot of people that watch the stream and stuff that are car people. Coach builders was something way back. Let's look at the. I mean, Duesenberg, I guess you could say. But there was a lot of prior coach builders where somebody would buy, uh, somebody would have a rolling chassis with an engine and a drivetrain, and then you would take it to a coach builder and have the top part put on, whatever seats, colors, fabrics, everything else. There's a lot of car companies that do that now with their higher-end models. Uh, Rolls-Royce does it, of course. Uh, I think Maybach does it as well, where you kind of design the car from the bottom up. Uh, with that particular rolling chassis. And I think this is something that's going to be very, very common in the very near future. You know, if you want a million-dollar idea, go buy yourself and in, get into a business of rolling chassis and wiring harnesses for electric vehicles. Just that right there. Now you have coach builders. Now even the, the biggins like Ford and all of them, they can just do whatever the hell they want. Don't forget about proprietary gear. You don't want proprietary gear. You want a car that you can sell quickly because the biggest part, like Teslas aren't expensive per se. They're not expensive, but, you know, I can tell you what me and the wife thought. I mean, we were like, well, we can't get an electric vehicle because we have no place to charge it. You know, if you live in an apartment or it's just inconvenient. But if you start using universal charging stations, that cuts out a whole lot of issues. Now you can have gas stations that are putting in their own electric pumps. Or, or electric facilities in the back of their gas stations that are just, you know, short-term parking for uh, electric uh, charging. And I think that's brilliant because then you're going to have a lot of coach makers. You're not just going to have the big manufacturers, but you can bring back a lot of these smaller manufacturers. Who's to say you can't have, you know, if you want a uh, GTO or you want a uh, old, I don't know, even a Ferrari for that matter. All you're doing is scaling down the rolling chassis, which is essentially batteries and gearing. That's all you really have to do. I think this is big, and I think this is where, you know, I, I think it's, somebody should patent that, and it's just money all day, in my opinion. And Apple might be dumb when it comes to some things, uh, you know, like the epic battle, but they're not dumb about how they're going to be building this car, because it's, again, big money. The epic battle, which we'll talk about also later on, but it also becomes a beacon for development and doing things your own way. That's why Apple stopped talking to car manufacturers. That's why Apple stopped really dealing with chip manufacturers and decided to build their own chips, with, starting with the M1. I have an M1 Mac for editing behind me, uh, Mac Mini, and that thing is lightning fast. 
if you're an Apple person and you've been holding off, don't bother because that's where to go. That is a phenomenal machine, and it is fast. It's faster than you think. Now Google's taking the same direction and inspiration. Oh, I'll check the picture. <laughs> uh, they take the similar inspiration on that as well. In their latest Pixel 6 phones, uh, they put their own chip in there, and it's an ARM-based Google Tensor chip. It seems to be doing pretty well. They're also working on an ARM-based chip for their Chromebooks, which I think is another one. They won't be ready until 2023, uh, and the link in the show notes is where you can go to read a little bit more of it and, and how they're going about it, but they were inspired by Apple's success in developing their own chips, and it works. I mean, it really does. The manufacturers weigh down. The price of the Apple devices with their own chip in it is significantly lower than their Intel counterparts, and I think I think that's, that's really good. <laughs> the world's looking into the future and, and looking to see new Apple M chips. Uh, in October, November of this year, for uh, to see how you know to see how they work. And shortly thereafter, uh, we'll see Apple announce a vehicle, which I think will bring back the classic coach builder. Like I said, uh, the future's here, people. And I know, I mean, there's there's all sorts of things that happen, like astronomers, for instance. Astronomers always crack me up, and you know, they don't have a sense of humor, so they don't kid around about anything. But according to a new paper by the uh, Astrophysical Journal. Uh, there's an energy source out there that flickers, like a radio signal that flickers, and it's not a constant flicker. They can't figure out what the hell it is. It's known as ASKAP J173608.2 321635. And to be honest, at first I thought it was just a wrapper. <laughs> ASKAP, I thought it was I thought it was just a wrapper. Uh but it's gone, it's gone almost as fast as it appears. So they're having trouble kind of locking it down, but they've looked at multiple different observatories and telescopes. And, you know, the question is, what were they seeing? You know, there's, there is, you have, to, you have to be sure that there is other intelligent life out there. There is. It's just a matter of when we get a chance to actually see it or have it identified. <laughs> but we're seeing some things out there, and I, I don't think that's all that we're seeing, really. But that is all that we're going to be talking about in the news today. There wasn't a whole lot of news. There really wasn't. And that was probably the quickest I think I've ever done the news segment. Ever. But it is what it is. <laughs> so in looking for news today, uh, I decided to come across a... I want to find something unique. And I always try to find something unique for our songs. And this week I, I, I dove a little bit into the metal era. And I do miss me some old school hair metal. And I miss the sounds that come along with that just guttural angry now a couple of people at work listen to some very heavy heavy metal i don't like a lot of that speed metal i don't like all the yelling and i mean yelling the classic metal i kind of like uh hair metal i can give or take but just straight up metallica type iron Maiden, like metal and i did find a band their name is Triv Triv oh i can never say it. i said it like three times all right uh Trivium. The name of the song is Feast or Fire. This is a band that was formed in Florida in 1999. Four-man band. They toured with Iron Maiden. They toured with Metallica. Uh, this is good metal right here. So we'll catch you on the other side, and we'll see what's going on with uh, the stick style aspect of it. So get yourself ready, get yourself ripped, and we'll be back on the other side uh, for stick style and for what it's worth.
All right. That was Feast of Fire. Love good metal. Love good metal. <laughs> Let's get into this week's uh, stick style, because there's a lot to cover, believe it or not, in stick style this week, which is always, always, always a pleasant surprise. Mmm, gaming. Alright, so first up in stick style, as we always do, we do a GPU update, and you still can't get one. And they're still saying late 22 is when you're going to be able to go to the store and get one. The bots are ruining everything, and it's going on, like I said before, with the Xboxes, with uh, any any sort of premium hardware that you want is gone. And people are just picking it up. And it's even gotten to the point where I've st- I'm starting to see uh, Elgato products. I'm starting to see motherboards. I'm starting to see certain um, clocks of RAM. Not a lot of RAM, but certain clocks of RAM are ending up on eBay, you know, match sets. Uh, again, I don't know if I trust any of these at all. We've seen a lot at work where people have bought in from Amazon secondhand or eBay, and they've gotten stuff with like one or two bent pins or or something to that effect. And it's really kind of sad. It, it makes you. It makes you. It just sucks. We. I don't want to go down that path again. Um, but don't believe the hype that's starting to spread either. I highly doubt there's going to be secret stashes stashes in warehouses that the all around the country that's just waiting for the holidays and then they're going to pop up in your store like five in every single store that I, I really don't think that's going to happen and right now i think the only hope is possibly getting one randomly you know online but with sheer luck or maybe you can hope that possibly intel comes through we've talked about it on the show before it's a good looking card uh but the question will be are they going to be ready so early benchmarks uh, have been out for the uh, Intel video card, the Intel GPU. Early benchmarks show that they might not even be ready for anything. A Twitter user reported that Geekbench score was that of the equivalent of a mobile GPU or laptop GPU, which is good, not great. Definitely not great for desktop use. Uh, the company CEO and others in charge of the GPU have said that Alchemist is what they're calling it. The Alchemist cards will be on par with NVIDIA 3070. Again, nice. You can get, you know, up to 140 frames. I think it's pretty comfortable with the 3070 without any huge problems. And they'll be out at the very beginning of 22. Now, they do have enough time to meet the quarter one time frame. So at the beginning of next year, they have enough time to get that done and uh, to get that shit out there. But we here at Stick Style have talked and uh, people have commented in the new Discord server a couple of times, as well as while gaming, saying that it would be brilliant, and I agree, if they released a couple of these cards, just, you know, betas or whatever, or, you know, had them get out in the wild uh, before Christmas. If they did that, then the sales in January, February, which is when they're saying it, January, February, March, uh, they're saying that they're going to get them out there. And if that's the case... Man, if you can get a couple out there and start creating buzz, and you can put them on the shelves, that's that's all that's all money, and it's a missed opportunity if you can't get a couple of them out there. Just get them out there in a while. Get a, send a couple of test units out, um, you know, to just some of the bigger YouTubers, and let them test it for you, and let them review it because people are going to want something because they can't get anything else. And if you don't get them out early before there's an influx of any other ones, you're talking about a missed opportunity completely. 
Another missed opportunity would be for anyone that has never given Kingdom of Amalur a chance either. Remember that game I talked about several shows ago? The remake or, or uh, Reckoning, Re-Reckoning? It, they're still dropping content. They're still dropping content. Almost a year to date since THQ Nordic uh, released the new Kingdom of Amalur re, Re-Reckoning. Uh, this is fresh stuff. So this is new stuff. This is an actual continuation of the story. It's going to be called Fate's Sword. And they have going to be porting it over to uh, Nintendo Switch, which I think is a great idea for this game. I think this game is going to fit in, if it's marketed well, it's going to fit in perfectly in the Nintendo Switch. Absolutely. And it's going to be fun. And I hold this game close to my heart. And for those that don't know, maybe new to the show, I love this game. I thought it was great when it was coming out. I thought it was great when it came out everything but it was a tragic story of a of what i'd like to think would be the first celebrity that really took a stand and jumped in i mean you always hear about kenny omegas and a lot of uh, nfl players that play sports games and stuff you've always heard about that but you never heard about a gamer that games games like um uh this guy was living his dream except he was screwed by the publisher and sent to slaughter in front of small town politics um it's a great role-playing game, a fantasy role-playing game, heavy on a fantasy story. Uh, and it's good It's good to go offline with this game. I, re- I said that when I reviewed it the second time around. It's good to take this game offline if you don't want to you know, be bothered, you just want to chill out in the living room or something. It's a great game to do that because it's, it's, it, can, it can suck you in. It can definitely suck you in and get you in there. And the graphics are good enough and the story is good enough. It's just... It's well done, but no matter how many times, uh, but no matter how many times, thirty-eight studios asked for a different release date. EA stood firm and said, "No, we can't have a different release date." This is what happened with the original game. Um, they put it directly against another game, and if you look it up at the release dates of of that year, it was a little game that they called Mass Effect Three, which no doubt had issues already before it even went out. It had issues and was getting starting to get some bad press. And the publisher, being EA, needed to make sure that they could recoup the cost put into that game, into that franchise, Mass Effect 3 franchise, and they couldn't offer anything else. It, Kingdoms of Amalur was set up to fail right from the beginning. There was just, if you just waited a little bit of time and just sat on it for a little bit, it would have done very, very well. But you put it up against something like Mass Effect 3 that everybody was waiting for the another sequel you know, it's it's another role-playing game. People are used to it. It's not a new IP. And I just think... I think he screwed it up again. You know, the studio did not make enough money. And because the state of Rhode Island was what backed 38 Studios for Kurt Schilling, uh, they got nervous. They they, they were never in the, the uh, video game market. They have no idea how it trends and, and how it has lulls. They just immediately panicked and called in their loan. And when they called in a loan, they couldn't. They couldn't. They didn't make enough money to do it. EA bailed on them. Uh, Kurt Schilling again. This is the stuff that's never get said. Kurt Schilling paid for everything. He paid for the fines. He paid for everything out of his money, his earnings from being an all-star Red Sox pitcher. He paid for it all, and you know people's people's paychecks and stuff. The man's a solid man. Uh, and it just, I'll always hold the place in my heart for this game. The expansion download uh, of um, the, the new DLC that you're going to be able to download, it should be here right before Christmas 
for you know PlayStation, Xbox, and PC, and it's going to be fun. I don't, I think it's a good game, and I, I think you should try it. And lastly, this this week we got to talk about uh, PlayStation's showcase. That went off. This is uh, PlayStation's way of showing all the software that they have available and ready, or or announcing. And let's just uh, <laughs> let's just get into it and just jump off with. Um, it, it was really my favorite, you know. And again, we're not going to talk hardware because there really wasn't any hardware to be announced. It was just software. So, the one thing, the first thing I jumped all over was the fact that after twenty years, Knights of the Old Republic was mentioned again. They're calling it a remake. And the rumor on the floor, from what I heard, was that the gameplay or the sword play is going to be very much like Force Unleashed, which I don't think anybody had a problem with. I certainly didn't. Uh, and the story is going to be essentially the same. They're not going to revamp anything. I would assume that in going through things, they might have to redo some lines and maybe take some things in certain directions. Uh, the game was the game was made 20 years ago. There might be something in there that might be, you know, <laughs> might piss off some some beautiful person sipping latte somewhere or mimosa i don't know it'll piss off somebody so they'll probably have to go through that but the story is supposed to be intact and the gameplay is going to be better using the force unleashed mechanics from what i heard don't know if that's true uh also insomniac came correct they also came out and said that they're going to be um that 2018 spider-man was such a hit that they're going to do it again spider-man 2 will feature miles in it which is going to be great uh the lead heavy the lead evil in it is going to be venom of course venom's really hot right now unfortunately it's not going to be out till 2023 then which amazed everybody they dropped another bombshell they also announced that they have in the works already a wolverine game and there's a small clip if you god you could probably find it anywhere at this point it's just a small little clip and it's just so pure Wolverine that it's... I can't see how it's not going to be awesome. I really hope they don't fuck this up. Don't don't, don't mess it up. It's just... I'm going to be pissed if that happens. Um, but a Wolverine game would be nice. It would be real, real nice to see. In some of the other things they talked about, uh, they talked about GTA V got delayed again. They were hoping for holiday this year of the uh, the revamped or remade GTA 5 upgraded I guess. Uh now you wait until March of next year, which is kind of tough. Gran Turismo 7 again, I'm really kind of hoping I love racing games and I I love how Gran Turismo is a simulator. I don't like how and I appreciate why, but I don't like how it it kind of you only are you only have the the race cars, race cars. Where in Forza, you have you could pick a car that you know you could go down the street and buy tomorrow. You you know it's not something else. You can you could buy a piece of shit Beetle down the road and you can get one in the game and make it look like yours. So I think that's where the appeal is for me anyway on Forza Seven, taking these cars, modifying these cars, building these cars, and taking them on the track. Where Gran Turismo is very much like, hey, here's a Dodge Viper RT. Why don't you throw some stickers on it? You know, lower it down, maybe put some lighter rims on it and have at it. I'm not a Huge fan of that, but I appreciate the game nonetheless, especially if I'm on the PlayStation. This is coming out March 4th in next year for the PS4 and the PS PS5. Bigger everything, more tracks, um, better graphics, more cars, more spots, 
more showing off in the garages and stuff. So there's a lot of that. Also, Uncharted is another one. Uh, they remade the shit out of all of those Uncharted's Legacy of Thieves collection. We'll get a whole new facelift. You're going to get Uncharted 4, A Thief's End, and the 2017 expansion as well, Uncharted Lost Legacy. So, well, I should say the expansion for A Thief's End and you're going to get the Lost Legacy. So, again, this is just facelifting, and I don't understand what Sony's doing. I, I have an idea, but I don't understand what they're doing with just putting a reface on the games that, yes, we all love them, but how many more times are we going to play them? It just doesn't seem doesn't seem like a good idea, but I'm pretty confident it's because they've been putting their locked stock and everything else into other games. Maybe some that we haven't seen quite yet, but one that they definitely announced and brought with them full show uh, was God of War Ragnarok. And this should excite you if you're a PlayStation fan, even if you're even if you're not, I'm kind of an Xbox person, but I appreciate the PlayStation, and I have one specifically because of God of War. It's that good of a game. It's just, it's probably the best hack and slash ever. And it keeps getting better. I still go back to the classics that are just basic hack and slashes, but the newer ones are definitely good. This is going to have a 2022 release, so it's still slated for next year. This time we get to see some of the story mode and gameplay which was really cool. It was so, so good. Watch the video of it. Uh, Thor memes are all over the internet. Do with them what you will. Thor is actually going to be, is actually voiced by Son of Anarchy's Opie. Uh, so I think that's really interesting. I can't wait for this. I think it's going to be great. Oh, and um, the song that we played this week, uh, Traverum, they played, uh, uh, they were one of the feature artists on the God of War 3 soundtrack. So they've been around for a little bit and they're metal. Right there, baby. Middle. Middle as you get. All right, let's wrap up this week's show. Let's get into the last segment. Oh, I'm going to enjoy this so much. Lastly, this week, we're going to poke fun at a couple of our favorite companies, and I really wish Freemo was here to see hear this. So 30 years ago, there was a... There's this funny little thing that you would find sitting on your lap, surprisingly, from, you know, uh, from the mail that you picked up or maybe inside a car you'd, you'd bump into one. But they were everywhere. It was a disc. It was a little disc, CD. And on that disc was three letters that were going to doom us all forever. A-O-L. 30 years ago, AOL came on the market. We all jumped on, found found a slew of like-minded people that we could text chat and interact with, um, maybe even exchange phone numbers to start conversations in real life. All the information we ever needed could be found right on AOL's branded network. See, there was an open internet, but back then you were on AOL's network. You didn't realize you weren't leaving their network. So whatever information they curated came up, Yahoo did it, CompuServe did it, um, AOL did it. They all had these little interfaces or jump-off points, and you could stay right there the entire time. I had grandparents and my parents for a while. They thought that was the Internet, and I can't tell you how many cable installations I did. That's my Internet. That's not the Internet. That's AOL. The Internet is over to the right. <laughs> that little button over there, that they, they make it really tiny. That's, that's to get to the open Internet. Oh, the open Internet. Like, people are all excited about it. Uh, you never even have to leave AOL's branded network. Uh, all you you can get all your news, your weather, your sports, your politics, and so on and so forth right there. And then when you and your friends 
your online friends, you can go to talk to them. It was great. You know, you could talk to them anonymously about all the things and people you don't like. Even discuss medical issues and treatment recommendations from random people on there in, in groups that absolutely had no medical training or background whatsoever, but they knew how to fix your disease. Um, it, it's just, it was great, and there was no repercussions at all. I mean, you could you could tell somebody to eat a Tide Pod and just, does all this sound familiar? Does it? Yeah. So it's hard to separate nowadays AOL from Facebook. And some of us that are a little bit older remember what AOL was like. And it's very, very difficult right now to separate the two. And it's pretty pathetic, in my opinion. I don't. I like social media to a point. We have a Twitter account. Um, I like Twitter. I think it's short. It's, it's basic. But again, as me and Fremo and everybody else at BGFG have said for decades, you cannot trust everything on the Internet. You can't. Because it could be some asshat just putting something up there to, for the sake of doing it. Can't tell you how many times I heard instructions on how to how to fix something, and in actuality, it was it was instructions on how to erase something. I've, and I, on the flip side, I've seen people get all their panties in a bunch because somebody said it's hard for them to type, so they're just going to read off the uh, uh, the instructions, and they read something off in German, and it was how to make cookies. And everybody got nuts thinking that it was some sort of promotion of uh, white supremacists. It was just, it was really, it's a really weird place. And AOL and Facebook have never, AOL before, Facebook now, do not make it better. But that's what they that's the way they want it. Uh, Facebook just announced groups. AOL did that long ago. Facebook announced groups. Just think of it this way, people. Smarten up the sheeple. The reason why Facebook is pushing groups so hard right now is because it's easier for them to sell advertising like this. If they put your ass in a group of uh, knitters, home cooking, homeschooling, they can sell your direct advertising way easier and charge way more money because they have a direct audience. They don't have to guess. Well, we guess we can give it to 50,000 people, maybe 25. No, now you're in a group of 25,000 people. All of these people have the like mindset. It's it's really kind of scary, and sometimes people need to step back. But mark my words, sheeple, the future is now. We're starting to see companies get bigger and bigger and bigger and suck up other companies and merge with this one. Last week or the week before, we talked about Norton and Avast, the last two uh, trend micros out there, but really the last two holdouts for antivirus are now combining to become one because it's a product that's barely, barely needed at this point. And I just... Watch out, because if AOL and Facebook ever buy each other, one buys the other, or they merge, or whatever they want to call it, it's going to be a problem, because they have enough information. I would dare say that if AOL and Facebook combined, they would have more data on you than Google, without it, you know what, without a doubt, they would have more, because you're on Facebook, and that's your personal information. It's not just search functions. I mean, some of it is. Google has more of your search habits. Uh, unless you're on Gmail and then it's a little bit more. But Facebook really has a lot more of your personal information and things like that. And AOL either has yours or your parents' information and pictures and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And easy, easily enough to trace. Easily. And that would be that would be the largest database of personal information I've probably have ever seen. And that, that kind of terrifies me a little bit. I don't want to ever see that happen. That's that's a big problem. You know, your your grandfather before he passed, put um, tried to type you a message with his social security number so you could fix his gas bill, and he posted it on his website or, or on his timeline 
on AOL or sent it to somebody else, it's on there. And that's now data. <laughs> that's his social security number. Now, can you do something with it? Sure, you can falsify and make believe that he's still alive and uh, you know utilize his ID. Or you can figure out what other people are related to him. There's, there's a lot of... There's a lot of bad, man. A lot of bad. But the future is now. You know, we're seeing it with games. We're seeing it with uh, future devices. We're seeing it with the way we had to change after COVID. You know, where where there's not going to be any more snow days. It's just going to be, well, you're, you're distance learning today. You don't have to go into school, but you're distance learning. It's, it's definitely going to be weird. Definitely going to be strange. But keep your eyes open. Head on a swivel. And that's it for this week, methinks. Yeah. That's it for this week. Tense Down, show's over. So you can find more of this garbage at bgfgonline.com. You can also send us an email with your questions or suggestions at bgfgshow at gmail.com. Find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast Podcasts, Castro, CastBox, Podchaser, and YouTube. Thank you for listening.